Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach. I'm joined by Christian Garcia. What up? And uh, live via Skype we have Miss Satine Phoenix. How are you today? That's me. I'm great. Oh, thank you so much for coming to the show. We really, really appreciate it. Um, let's, I mean, give us like a brief rundown of what all the things you're involved with, you know, currently. Uh, obviously very big in the role-playing world. D&D, um, Maze Arcana, Geek and Sundry, just what's what's your day-to-day like you know uh obligations to the world of role playing <laughs> well when i wake up i have coffee and then <laughs> <laughs> then the role playing you know, begins really, and then i just read dungeons and dragons stuff <laughs> right now i'm reading about eberron for our new maze arcana um tv show show twitch show uh twitch.tv slash maze arcana um the show is called myth maker society and it's a noir style role-playing game with Rudy Rutenberg as a dungeon master. And so the next month is all research and pre-production on that. It's based, Twitch is great because we basically have ideas for shows. And instead of asking anyone permission, we just make them. Right. For instance, right. I used to be a comic book artist. I spent four years making this comic book called New Praetorians. And we had like China money backing us. And oh, the China best kind of money. It, it was good until it stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and then China was like, hey, we changed our mind. I'm like, but this was our 10-year plan. Like, this is like a thing. And they're like, good night. And uh, so, and it was weird because I never had to ask permission for to do anything. But having them pull it out from under us was like, that wasn't cool. So as a storyteller, I can, whether it's on uh, in a book or on film or whatever, like I just want to tell a story. So yeah. Twitch is great, and we have a couple different shows. We have a we work with and partnered with Dungeons and Dragons for uh, Sirens of the Realms and for some of the Maze Arcana shows and Fury's Fate. And yeah, that's pretty much my um, nine a.m. to two a.m. Oh man, <laughs> that is a long day. I hope I hope they pay you overtime for all those late nights. Um, we like and it's, to, it's all community, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's, if you like it, please subscribe and, right. or we have Patreon, we have all this stuff. It's all grassroots. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and it's so cool for me, like to see things like Twitch and even, you know, even YouTube in its, in its prime, which I guess it's still in its prime, but, um, you know, seeing people being able to create the shows they want to create without having a network shut it down after one season, like, like Firefly oh, or whatever, you know. Yeah, the only thing that gets in our way is um, sleeping and, and seems to be family. People want to start families or just 
you know, people are done telling whatever story they were telling. Instead of it being cut short, they finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's luckily there's plenty of stories still to tell. I mean, you know, there's there's always new people growing up with, you know, you know, every time someone's born, they get to, you know, take in all of the fiction, all of the sci-fi, all of the comics that's ever been written. And so there, I, you know, I have high hopes, you know, we see a lot of sequel movies and, you know, uh, Rocky number seven and, you know, continuations <laughs> that don't need to happen. And, but I think, you know, luckily we'll see some more original content and it's only going to get better. You know, there's always new stuff coming out. And it's really neat because it raises the bar of what the other content is. So yeah, you've got all these role playing games, people coming like coming out of their homes via the internet showing you stories that go on and on and on and how is that changing television well now you have black mirror you oh, have yes. um the philip k dick the electric dreams so good. all of these beautiful short stories and they're they're pumping out all these stories and they're, and they're not uh stories aren't being juiced right like lost went on way too long it was really <laughs> good long. but it, it didn't have to go on that long right but now people are saying like looking at something at a story or ip going that was beautiful for the time that it existed that short story that one episode of black mirror was perfect yeah what else are, is this company doing what else can i absorb and so i feel like the everything people are doing on Twitch, everything that's coming out on Geek and Sundry is just fueling the rest of um, Netflix and Amazon is influencing HBO and HBO is influencing all of them. And it's this beautiful ecosystem that maybe they don't realize they're feeding one another, but they totally are. Right. So with um, new Praetorians, um, would you ever consider like continuing it in a different format, even like in a game setting, like uh, on Geek and Sundry or? Or on Maze Arcana, is that something that, that could work out? Because I know there's well, sometimes like, there's stories like, oh, I want to finish it. Uh, like I started that, something. That and one kills me. So I spent an entire year with my writing partner, RK. Well, that, well we, he was my writing partner. Um, we spent an entire year, and it was 27 70-page issue graphic novels. Yeah. And right. we had the entire thing written out. All we had to do was produce it, and right. it was like, took me about three or four months and then I need to take a break for a month or so. And then I did it again. So I made three of them. And so it was great except for fine print. Yeah. I don't own the IP. China does the Ooh, investment uh. money. does. So, and that just made me realize, okay, what was this story? I spent a year making it in 2011, um, 2000, well, 2011, 2012. I am such, I'm so much, of a better storyteller because of that. So it's like, kind of like what I was saying before, I, as much as I love New Praetorians, I spent so much time on it. Well, now I can tell a more efficient story. Yeah. <laughs> Learn and from I, the experience. More sci-fi in my head. Right, right. The thing about that was I learned how to research. because I love DARPA and I love sci-fi so much. And so I went to, I like did research on what people are doing now and then kind of okay how would that evolve and so i put that in the in the graphic novel well now i can make a whole different series that's um bigger better faster stronger yeah there you go cool well um we we normally like to start the show out. i know we've got, gone into it a little bit but we normally like to start well, we out. always we always go off on tangents. we always go off on tangents <laughs> it's true 
Um, but we normally like to start with a little section we call Nerdy Confessions. And kind of the idea behind it is something that makes you a nerd, but that like m- maybe what a normal person would think is like kind of shameful. But as a nerd, it's actually something you're proud of. Um, and I actually think thought of a good one today. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's like a Olymp- Winter Olympics special. Uh, so, for instance, my nerdy confession is um, I got really into curling at one point. Um, I <laughs> several uh, several years ago, man, it was a long time ago. Now that I think about it, oh. um, I I've I, actually seen him just toss things and just start I just, like I just sweeping slide nothing. things and I'm just sweeping the kitchen just in one spot. Um, but I I got uh, I got kidney stones, which is has nothing to do with curling, I guess, but <laughs> it kind of laid the groundwork and. Um, and so I was stuck at home, and I was just eating Percocets all day for kidney stones. But the Winter Olympics were on. And so I, daytime TV with the Olympics on is all the weird sports, like curling and, like, you know, double luging and biathlon. <laughs> and so I just sat for a whole day and just watched Percocet while drinking cranberry juice. And I got really into it, so much so <laughs> that I started looking at, like, how much would it cost to put together a curling team? Like, <laughs> you got to buy the special shoes. Like, one shoe is slippery and one shoe's grippy, so you can slide on yep. the ice. And then you get the brushes that, like, you know, scrape up the ice. And then the stones, those things are really expensive. But, you know, I got super into it, and it gets really exciting the more you watch it. Kind of like golf. You go- Golf is boring. <laughs> and then you start watching it, and you get invested in these players. And I'm just watching him and they're like sweeping and I'm like, oh shit, he's about to hit the red one. And it's like sweeps it out of the way. And it's, it, yeah, so I nerded out real hard on curling. And so now it's my favorite sport to watch on the Winter Olympics. How do I not know this about you, being that I've known you for years? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm a curler nerdy at secret. heart. Yeah. <laughs> nerdy that was secret. deep. You went deep into the, yeah. the nerdy. All right. I know. I love it. And, but yeah, it, it was expensive to put together a team and like you have to have a place to practice. But I'm like, how that good? Sounds you- like the most expensive part. Right, exactly. And then you got to carry the big rock things around, and then like, but how good do you really have to be to be in the Olympics on curling? I feel like not a lot of people are into it. So maybe I could go to the Olympics <laughs> if I got like moderately good. That's but- one of those secret things where you find out there are too many people into yeah. that thing, but nobody talks about. Nobody it. talks about. It. It's like an underground <laughs> curling league. I will. Is is. I would curl with you. Is that, is that yeah. okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll curl with you, man. Yeah, all we can, right, we can do that. We just do doubles curling. Just, just yeah. you slide the thing. I'll be like, no, it's two. Isn't it two people sweeping? Well, it depends. Now there's doubles curling and then there's team the curling. The team curling is crazy because then you have two people sweeping. You have one guy smoothing, one guy scraping. It, it's... I thought you guys were talking about an entirely different sport. I thought <laughs> curling was the one where you're like, oh, the shot put. Is I, that what that is? Yeah, I don't where know you either, take the thing and you push the big like metal ball. Yeah, Google that. Yeah, shot putting. Yeah, I've done that before, too. I used to do that in high school or middle school. High school? High school. In middle school, you were tossing stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I was just throwing anything I could throw. That was a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I did that in the discus. The discus was fun, too. but Also dangerous. Also super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you're just tossing this big heavy disc thing. Um, but, yeah. Cur- like spin, too. So yeah, you got to get the little really Yeah, you got to get the little motion. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, curling is the one where they take the big rocks with the little handles on them, and you kind of push it along the ice. It's like shuffleboard almost. And then there's a guy sweeping in front of it, <laughs> and that like scrapes the ice so the rock slows down and starts spinning a certain direction. And then um, you're trying to land in a target, and the closer you are to the middle, the more points you get. But you can also, as 
you go from one team to another, you can uh, try to knock the rock out of the target. And so you're already sleeping. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I'm just sitting there and I'm just, you know, I'm just eating Percocets for the pain and drinking cranberry juice. And I'm like, oh shit, he's going to do it. Oh, I did it. Uh, (laughs) I'm by myself in my house. But yeah, that's that's my nerdiest winter sports related <laughs> confession. Christian, how about you? Uh, so mine is um, so I started playing D anD D two years ago, and um, a buddy of mine um, that I went to high school just called me up randomly and he's like, "Hey, I'm starting a new game. Do you want to play?" And I was like, "Ah, you know, I got a nerd podcast," and I was like, "But I don't know D anD D. You know, if I'm on that level, so." I shamefully. <laughs> I have a nerd podcast, but D and D might be you know, a little too like, much. It's, it's like I don't know if I'm ready to level up that high on the nerdiness. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It'll be a cool story uh, for the podcast. So I went, and I fucking had a blast. It was. Yeah, that's how it works. That's it was <laughs> so much. Fun. I I thought I was gonna go in hating it, and um, I was like. I was like, whatever, again. It was like, it'll be a cool story for the podcast. But no, I had I had a blast. It was it was amazing. And uh, shout out to my buddy, uh, Colin, who was my first uh, DM. Also, huge fan of yours. Uh, I told oh. him that I would say his name. He, I invited him. I was like, dude, you could pop in and just say hello. And he's like, I will be too fucking starstruck to say hi no, to her. Aw, you guys sweet. <laughs> so, also, I wouldn't let him in my house. I don't know, Colin. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> But um, now I'm sure he's listening because you knew you were going to come on. But if you if you could give him a hello, it would make his probably century. Colin. Colin. Yes. Hi. Yeah, Colin. Hi, Colin. And thank you for being a dungeon master. We need more. No, seriously, we really need more dungeon masters. There's like a million players and everybody wants a game, but nobody wants a dungeon master. <laughs> I did it twice. That's what I want to do. I want to do. I want to be the dungeon master. I don't even necessarily want to play. I just want to be in control of the world. Yeah. No, that's a thing. That's a, that's, we yeah, played that's what you do. with um, this one girl, and I thought for certain that she would just want to play with us. She turned the table from the table and was like, "You know what? I don't want to play anymore. I want to be the dungeon master." I was like, "Go for Some it." Some people are just wired that way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's you know, I have yet to play my first Dungeons and Dragons. That's another nerdy confession. I'm sorry. I'm going to get him. But I'm going to do it. Him. I'm working on it. It's just <laughs> the scheduling and all that. But I bought the, the Dungeon Master's Guide, uh, the Monster Manual, and the Player's Handbook. So I'm on my way. Amazon gouged me on those ones. Um, but I'm totally going to play. Um, and like listening to some of you know, your GM tips and stuff really helped out. I was listening to him on the way to work. I'm like, huh, I never thought of that. And so um, de- definitely, uh, I think that's what I want to do. I want to be the, the Dungeon Master g- Game Master for sure, because um, that, that really appeals to me, like doing so the voices and such. being the mistress of D&D, do you think he can do it? Do you think he can, <laughs> do you think he can do it without playing first, like just straight into oh, DMing? Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people that just go straight into d- DMing. However, I do say you should experience playing. So you know you're not um, being a dick or something. playing with different dungeon masters just to see how other people do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely want to get a couple games under my belt, you know, just, uh, you know, short little, you know, uh, one-offs kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I think ultimately that's, that's what I want to do because I think that would be the most fun. So um, What I would recommend is um, 
going to something like DMs Guild and just getting a module, like a one-shot module or maybe yeah. like a two, three, just to like read it, see the structure, see the opportunities that people that other dungeon masters give in an organized manner. Because um, what you learn is you you're gonna end up picking and choosing what you want anyway, but at least seeing it. Uh, if you get a campaign book, uh, those are good because they give you information. You still have to do the the groundwork and the uh, formatting of your adventure for your players. True. But seeing the from A to Z, you know, the one shot story and like how people do it and put it together, it's a little bit. It makes more sense than just reading the the guide the manual and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, seeing different styles and stuff, what works and what doesn't, I think that's uh, def definitely something I want to do. So working on it, working on getting it together. For instance, most of mine is, like, most of the episodes of Sirens, uh, after, like, the first four, I just made that up Yeah, on the spot. That's awesome. <laughs> There's, like, no structure to it. Like, oh, so these people couldn't make it? Shit. Well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, make. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's better that way, almost like just on the spot, the spontaneity, like, um, because I mean that's that's what the whole game is about, and that's like that's kind of the way I try to explain. I've had people ask me like, um, well, what's it like? I'm like, do you play video games? It's like, yes, okay, it's like video games, but no rules. Like Grand Theft Auto, kind Except of. For, yeah, well, it's more like bigger, right? Right. So exactly. it's like. Video games, but you can do anything. Exactly. Well, oh, yeah, if like the Skyrim. dice permits, you know. If, if you, you can know. try to do anything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can try to do anything. You can attempt it. Yeah. But. And those were when I was DMing. That was the part that threw me off where I was like, shit, I did not think they would try to do this. Like uh, the game I was running, they were like, oh, I'm going to try to get the goblins to work with us. I'm like, all right, go ahead natural 20 <laughs> fuck okay uh yeah they're totally they're actually really good workers yeah. like you know they're you know they, they work hard they don't take a lot of breaks it's actually pretty nice no i was just like shit i did not think they were gonna do that like, oh no they're right. starting to unionize stop it <laughs> <laughs> yeah dnd is fun because you can actually do an off-the-cuff game as long as you have um you, you know where to look for what you need when you need it. And that just means in the back of your head or knowing like, okay, I go to, I have D and D beyond on my laptop. I can pull anything out of my ass. If I'm look, if I have that website, because it has everything that I need, right. I need a spell. I need a monster. I need stats. Boom, boom, boom. I can have it there. Uh, reactions. I have a book called Vornheim from Zach Smith. And that one is like just percentiles, right? So if somebody wants to look up, I don't know. They want to go shopping that day. Yeah. You're like, okay, so um, roll percentile, and there's a list of the different types of shops, shopkeeper names, shopkeeper personalities, items that they could do. If you want, if they want to loot a body that just happens to be there, there's a there's a percentile roller for you know one out of a hundred different things that you could find on a dead body. Fortune cookie, fortune <laughs> spells, you know, all these things. Just as long as you are able to quickly get to those items. You can do you can dungeon master anytime, any place, anywhere. Right, gives you the numbers to go along with your creativity and such. Right, you know, gives you a little structure, but you still can kind of make it what you want. Um, yeah. How about how about you? What's your nerdy confession? If if you can think of one, it doesn't have to be crazy, but what makes you a nerd? That um, 
aside from all the basic stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, people can't see. I got a big D&D tattoo on yeah. my neck. Like, that's, that's not a confession. Right. The confession is that I love sci-fi so much. Aside from my uh, food and um, body science that I'm obsessed with, like longevity and vitamins and working out, I'm, I love the whole futurist, uh, living long enough to live forever, yeah. like nanoscience type stuff. I, I like heard actual of those, science. Those theories where people are thinking consciousness might be able to be transferred into something else. Brings up a new Netflix not, series. Not that far, but yes. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> Alt- Altered it- Carbon on uh, Netflix? Um, not only did I start it on Friday, but I finished it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. it was really really good i was i was surprised and like I, one thing that's cool about those shows is you don't hear a lot about them coming up to it and then it just pops up on netflix one day i'm like oh let's check this out and it was amazing everything well, that about one was it. fun because we have been planning this noir game for a while and then we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna absorb all the noir we can and then all of a sudden pops up Sci-fi ultra carbon noir. which is perfect it's like i i don't know if we even have had a good noir story since i don't know dark city blade runner yeah yeah so like, yeah definitely yeah. not um and very a lot of blade runner tones you know both the the original and the 2049 um you didn't like 2049 oh we can talk about that i didn't like it it just wasn't good the original it was be honest it wasn't it wasn't bad at all it just wasn't it it did things like link back to the first one but it didn't it it's part one of three right and you and i don't like that (laughs) i like it where if if they don't make any more that's fine Right. I think it was a nice, complete story, too. I don't think they would have to make any more, but... Um, but they did. Like, yeah. the, the way... I don't know. My my taste in... I like the somber quietness, because I love weird, intellectual, like, artsy films. And so that I did love. I love the visuals. They were amazing. There right. were just some things in it that didn't... That felt... And this is something also with Star Wars that I didn't like, but also highly enjoy. It's, it's the thing where I really enjoy it. Of course, sure. I would have more money to see it again. But at the same time, the, I, I'm now at a point where I'm okay with certain things being forced into films right. just because I'm used to it. Yeah, Whereas exactly. things didn't, weren't forced into films before. They were just stories that existed in their own little bubbles but i could go on my weird nerdy i do i'm actually curious about (laughs) star wars yeah so we got our last episode we actually kind of dissected star wars and what what we thought was good about it and what we thought was not so great about it um and i'll say this as an over you know as an umbrella statement i enjoyed it i enjoyed episode eight i enjoyed episode seven um now, were there things that I would have done differently? Of course. There's there's so many. And everyone has their own version of what Star Wars could be or what Star Trek could be or what Blade Runner could be. Um, but I think the main thing is, is like, is it close enough to, you know, something interesting and something fun that you can forgive some of these, you know, like Leia floating through space? You know, so that that's my take on it. 
Yeah, well, I, I wasn't as worried as that. It's more about, and as a storyteller, and I say people say dungeon master, but I'm hands down a storyteller. Dungeon mastering is one avenue to right. storytelling. Um, as long as the characters are are being true, as long as you're being true to the characters, and the characters are doing what the characters would do, mm-hmm. you force in some weird, like piece of. For instance, in Star Wars, those little creatures—the parks, the parks. yeah, like they, there are certain points that just feel forced. Yeah, you know, and I, I agree um, with the for instance, when he didn't, when the Wookiee didn't eat the thing, like he totally would have eaten that thing. Right, absolutely. Like he also, didn't eat it because the audience didn't want him to eat it. Right. Did you notice how fake that cooked pork looked too? It was like <laughs> shiny and plastic. Yeah, like it still had the flippers, didn't it? I yeah, think. some like prop intern just did a terrible job on it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like D D is because like the story is so true. And even when everybody Fs up and um ruins the story that you wanted to tell, at least they're being true to their own characters and you kinda know that it's gonna happen eventually at some point in your story. Right. And I think that's why I I'm now enjoying listening to other people's games. Is because it's so realistic, and it's not realistic, but it's real as an interaction kind of thing. Right, real human reactions because you're playing with real humans. You know, if got- we ever get our game going, we would love for you to listen to it, and please just trash us on it. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> make fun of Cody for his nope. first time DMing. No, please don't do that. <laughs> I have a very, very low self-esteem. <laughs> I can't take another shot. Um <laughs> let me so let me ask uh, when did you first start getting into tabletop games or role playing games in general like were you, have you been doing it your whole life or is it something more recent i mean not not as recent so, as all this other stuff that you've been doing as geek and sundry i mean obviously you've been doing it for a couple years now <laughs> yeah i actually started i found my first D&D books when i was 8 it was 19, oh uh, 1988 and i read them and read them and made characters and made stories but didn't have anybody to play with yeah. um, until i was 15 and then i made my friends play with me and i said you you're playing dungeons and dragons i'm playing with you you're playing with me and we are going to have a great time it was awesome and we played every day almost every day and it, we had an hour we we're playing during that hour we had to do the whole weekend of gaming things uh, played through college, took a break after I became a stripper um, because apparently there are other things cooler than D&D. Um, mm. <laughs> that lasted only a couple years when I realized there really isn't anything cooler than D&D. <laughs> and, um, I moved to Australia and was like, well, I don't have any friends out here. How can I meet people? Well, I was sober then, so I was like, and I'm not going to meet people in the gym. And so it was, that was like the only other option. I went on meetup.com and was like, Dungeons and Dragons. And so I met all these other adults who were like, we are intellectuals and we want to play Dungeons and Dragons with other adults. <laughs> and we want to very want games with puzzles and everything. After the first session, we realized we were all just little kids who wanted to bash things. And puzzles flew out the window, and we (laughs) had a really, really fun game. And that was like uh, 3.5, I think we played there. It's like 2007. Murder Hobos for that campaign. Yeah, yeah, that one just devolved into (laughs) really fun murder hoboing. 
And then um, I moved back to America and I'm just, I love groups. So I started the LA Tabletop Gamers group and that was over at Meltdown Comics in 2010. And then that led to the charity um, event that I do, Celebrity Charity 20. And um, yeah, it's just, oh, and then before that, yeah, actually that was a really fast like dive into D&D after the small hiatus because it was Australia, moved back, told Zach Smith about D&D. He fell in love, and then we started the uh, I Hit It With My Axe web series. And then I met Keith Baker, and he and I became BFFs like that, and then started the charity game, which is all Eberron. And that's when, um, like 2010, so like me and Mercer and Keith Baker and... Um, a George Rockwell and a couple other people, we had this great idea. We were going to stream games. We we're going to do four games in one room and we we're going to stream all four on the internet. And that's how that started. Oh, and man. here we are today, Rudy. I met Rudy over at Meltdown at um, the Force Gray launch event or something like that in like, what, a year and a half, almost two years now. And yeah, it's just been D and D. That's great. For a long time. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a lot long time. I don't think I've done anything that long. Like I guess video games is the one thing that I. It is the longest relationship. I'm divorced twice, and that is literally my longest relationship. D <laughs> So what's what's the biggest differences between the Australian players and American players? Accents. Besides the accents, <laughs> they roll the dice and it spins the other way. <laughs> uh, nothing. Oh, really? Same. There's no. It is the most consistent. It's the most consistent game uh, interaction that you'll have. I do a lot of conventions. We did 15 conventions last year, and this year we did uh, one in Disney World. We're going to France um, to do D and D in a castle in July, and it's oh, just man. like I actually saw yeah. that one. The the France one was like. Fuck. How much is that? That sounds <laughs> dope. How much would well, that it's be? A, to go? It's a week vacation in France. Yeah, so exactly. It's not in a, a castle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, That's so cool. Not, yeah, it's really cool. But it's, you know, what I learned is um, it is the, so consistent. And you can go to any table all over the world. And there are people who think just like you do and want to play. And you sit down and you you play as if you were playing with kids, other kids. Like, you become a kid. Everyone becomes a kid. You try to intellectualize things. You try to out-puzzle things. And it all comes down to the luck of the dice, whether you can do a thing or not. But it never stops you from trying. And you always want to be that hero. And you want to defeat the bad guys. And it's this beautiful, cooperative play that brings everybody to this center point. It was really weird, because, like, my whole life, I'm like, oh, you know, D&D is a nerd thing, and that's kind of my thing, and I don't really care, and I'm kind of a weirdo alien girl, and and this was just one of those things that last year, I'm like, I'm not a freaking alien. No. There are hundreds and thousands of people just like me out there, and this is great, and finally, now that the internet has um, all come out of the closet, <laughs> or actually out of the basement is what we say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, we just we're just kids and we just want to play and everyone's pretty much the same. I think that's one of the great things about the internet, you know, aside from all the, you know, the Snapchats and all the other stuff that 
has dumbed some people down. I think that it has actually let a lot of people be who they want to be. And, you know, we would not have a nerd podcast without, you know, having the internet and just seeing that it's okay and being able to link up with like-minded people. I mean, the reason we even started this show was because we would, you know, we'd go out drinking or something together and then we'd stand outside the bar after we are done and instead of going home immediately, we would just sit there and talk about, nerd out about the shit. new movie, new movie, new video game. Oh, have you played Shadow of the Colossus? Oh my God, it's awesome! Have you played this? <laughs> you know? And and so and we're like, and then people would, you know, our other friends would just listen, and we're like, we could kind of make this into something, and that's you know, and we, there's no way we would be able to do that if everyone was, you know, again stuck in the basement, you know, not not being who they really were. They're like, oh, I don't, I didn't really want to jump in because I didn't want to be a nerd. Nerds have taken Everyone's over. Waiting. Everyone waits for permission. They want to see other people do a thing. Right. Like, well, if they're doing it, then I can I can say that I did it because they said it Actually, first. And that's cool. I don't mind being that girl. I I never I never had that that insecurity. Right. For me, it was you're playing D and playing D and D. Yeah. But what? There's something wrong with that. You're stupid. Like that's yeah. that's mentality. <laughs> is like I'm doing this. Therefore, it's awesome. Yeah. Why would you not think this is awesome? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, uh, why don't you tell us, you mentioned it briefly, tell us about the charity game that you do. How does that work? Um, and then how, how can like people get involved in it? Can people you know donate and play? And how, how does that all work? So um, I put it together because I have a bunch of friends in L.A. who are writers and actors and everything, and I wanted to raise money for a charity because – I'd grown up raising money for different charities. That was just like my thing. And um, I wanted to play D&D with all these people. And it turns out um, D&D is how movies are made (laughs) (laughs) on all facets. And so I was like, okay, celebritycharity20.com. We raise money for a children's literacy foundation um, called Reach Out and Read. And it puts books into pediatricians' offices with a program that gets pediatricians to teach parents how to get their kids to read and the importance of reading from the ages of uh, six months old to uh, 18 years old. And then they can just stop. And then they stop. (laughs) Uh, Well, I also grew up in libraries. That was like my grandmother lived right next door to a library. So that was my playground, which is actually pretty cool. And so I was like, I want to, I want to raise money. Um, Reading is such a big part of my life and I want to help other people have access to that kind of thing too. I had no idea until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago that parents didn't take their kids to libraries. Right. Like that blows my mind because I, I lived up North and um, you guys probably would know in like Placerville area. um, Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. um, Pollock Pines. And there was a library there. And then my family moved down to Sacramento and I lived a mile away from the library and my, that was like the first thing my grandma did was get me a library card and I'd ride my bicycle to the library and I'd get a bunch of books and I'd take them home and lock myself in my room. And that was just like this amazing thing. And I, I wasn't really a troublemaker. I was the school nerd. People yeah. would invite me to places, uh, to parties to make fun of me, to watch me run home crying. Like that was total jerks out there. Yeah. But like that was my place where I, I could just not escape, but I could learn and, and see how other, I don't know, just like 
reading stories was a way for me to experience the world without it making fun of me. And I want other kids to be able to have something like that. So I started the, 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 the fundraiser to help with this because they're nationwide and they're amazing. And um, so we, that was at Meltdown. We did that in 2010 or so, yeah. And um, if you want to be involved, just keep up. I think there's a mailing list that you can uh, put your email in on on celebritycharity20.com. But yeah, it's once a year. I think it's around like November, December. We're just going to keep doing it around that area, like a holiday thing. Yeah. And then you can watch your, uh, we usually have five different tables of about six players and the celebrity guest um, D dungeon master. Actually, they're all celebrities. And the dungeon master, dungeon masters are a thing. And then you can donate to either um, help the game or help um, the players. And it's just this fun thing. I mean, there's not too, we don't do too many um, catering to the like fans, I guess. It's more like, please donate, because this is a really good cause. There are also giveaways and raffles um, for people who are watching. But uh, we just hope that people want to be involved in something like that. I'm sold. We should start one here. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. We can do it. And then that, I really like that because, um, you know, I was a big reader. I still am. But um, growing up. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No. I, uh, but now, I, I, now he writes. <laughs> now I write stuff. Yeah. But now, um, you know, I grew up reading Stephen King. My mom was super into Stephen King. And so I was reading like the stand when I was 10 years old yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and then, so, but you know, then I, I didn't stop there. You know, I start I, I did Jack London, Raymond Carver. I did all these other people that I just like kind of Philip K. Dick, of course. So and, she didn't start you with it, huh? I would have thought. No, huh? no, she did not. No. Um, Teacher I, has some discipline, I think my you know? first, I'm trying to remember. I think my first Stephen King book was Christine. And then after that it was the stand. And from the stand on, I was just like, holy shit. This is going to be, like, awesome. So, so the super flu didn't fuck you up when you read that? <laughs> the Captain Trips. No, I loved it. And um, and then I did um, – I actually majored in English education, so I was going to be a teacher. So I did work with uh, this uh, organization up here. You might have heard of them called 826 Valencia. And, um, yeah, and Allison, then, um, I think, uh, raises money for 826. Yeah, and so they're awesome, and they teach, you know, kids literacy. And, and like, when I was teaching with them, you know, finding out that – some of these kids had never read a book before, you know, and some, some of them, you know, some of these kids in who were seniors in high school could not write a paragraph. I'm like, man, this is, this is bad. And, and it all comes from not reading at home. I think so. I, I kid you not. My roommate is yeah. proud to say he's never read a book. Oh, I, I like, I, I'm dead serious. He graduated college. He's never read a book. Oh, I'm like, that's Dude, terrible. You shouldn't spread that. Yeah, <laughs> like you shouldn't. You yeah. Shouldn't. Don't, yeah, college was too easy. College failed you is yeah. what happened. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry that they I, did, but they failed you. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's all good. So. Cool. Like, I remember every year we had to read a book, like the Westing game or something like yeah. that. But, like, how do you, how do you – I don't know. See, I, well, I, can, I can speak to that <laughs> because I was in several classes that, you know, in college you, you have to read so much. You can't possibly read everything. And so I took a fantasy and fiction class one time, which was awesome. Um, but I couldn't read everything, but I would, I was such a good improviser and, you know, I, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, I, I could like page through it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And then by the end of the class, I'd be leading the discussion on the book that I had not read. And 
some of my friends was you know you know a couple of them yeah, right, right. were in the class um and they were upset because i would come in i'd be like dude guys i didn't read anything i hope you know i hope it'll be okay and by the end of it, they're like what the fuck you get you know how did you know that i'm like i don't know i just picked it up that guy said it and then i just kept going with it <laughs> and so i ended up with an a in the class um, even though some, some of those people who did all the notes and all the reading got like B pluses, but it's just cause like fiction and fantasy is all my, you know, that's, that's, that's my, uh, you know, it's your jam. that's my jams. So, um, uh, it, real quick. Um, so I know we're getting kind of towards the end here. Um, let's, I, I've been watching some of your GM tips, uh, sections and you always ask three questions, right? And so I'd like you to answer that for us. So let me make sure I got them right. First question <laughs> is, what is your house uh, rule before before the game starts, right? Yeah. Um, okay. That's so funny. Nobody ever asks me these. Um, <laughs> We're asking the hard-hitting questions. Hard-hitting questions. Um, I ask everyone else because I don't have a – no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so my house rule is um, – at my house, my downstairs neighbors hate me. So I say no banging on the tables and no stomping on the floors. Makes sense. If you drop your dice on the ground, you get disadvantage. Ooh. It's a huge thing. It's super annoying to me. Um, but if I drop my dice on the ground, I get disadvantage. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair enough. I have pretty bad brain damage from a car accident a couple years ago, so I can't do initiative. I, my brain doesn't function that way. I really have a hard time with, um, uh, let's see, what's it called? Um, status effects. So okay. say if somebody's blinded or slowed or whatever like that, like it's really hard for me. So I have somebody at the table monitoring those things. So I'm like, okay, this happens, this happens. Oh, wait a minute, Satine, um, this person is uh, blinded. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank You're you. right, yeah. So, so like poison, yeah, just, stuff like that. Watching and... your back and keeping things keeping things yeah. legal i i think you know knowing i know what my what i'm good at and i know what i'm not good at and i can admit what i'm not good at yeah and it's just nice because the, the table's always so helpful and they're like yeah of course sure um initiative i have changed it i use um stat tracker cards they're okay. blank stat trackers and so you fill them out with your all the players and the monsters so they have the same backings and then i have instead of having everybody um, roll initiative and everyone know exactly how it's going to go, I shuffle the cards and then I make the players pull. Oh, so very they're like, cool. oh God, am I going to go now? Am I going to go next? Oh, and they get really nervous and then they're on their toes. And the other thing I say is uh, my table is a role-playing table. Oh, nice. Uh, instead of uh, fighting against me, you are working together to solve the, the problem. Oh, so really cool. it is about you reacting to each other and to me very cool and then so uh what's your favorite dming gming moment oh my favorite jamming moment as of lately yeah i i did kill um let's see there was like 12 people playing at gen con last year and i killed everybody that was pretty (laughs) great but this last one i did in disney world and it was 24-hour gaming where rudy and i were double dungeon mastering um i would take a group of hours and he would take the next one it was just like back and forth oh man Uh, that was fun just because we had to keep track and we're like what the why would you do that i'm like i don't know they just did but um 
the players actually backstabbed the people that were trying to help them. Oh, two no. of the players, two of like eight players. And the rest of them had an intervention for about an hour where they were like, <laughs> you can't do that. And now we don't trust you. And so they actually had to sit down, talking it out, telling each other about their feelings. Come on in, Stephen. Why don't you have a seat? You just have I've, a seat right there. We all love you. This is a safe I space. Uh, now it's this person's turn to talk. No, no, it's this person's <laughs> turn to talk. Next, it'll be your turn. It was amazing. <laughs> That's the best. No, it gets it gets real, dude. When some oh, people yeah. are like, "Hey, man, like, we're." in the same party man like why are you working against the party it's like oh that's what my character would do my character yeah but it's just like (laughs) all right man but well your character's an asshole okay so you're cool but your player your character's a dick like lunch right yeah if you've got an asshole in the group yeah are you gonna want to have lunch with him and like tomorrow probably not like you need a reason for everyone to be there right right, right exactly and finally what what would you know, I'm a new new player. I'm not even a new player yet, but you will be. I will be. What what tips would you have for a new player, new dungeon master? Um, it is playtime. There are rules. You're not gonna remember all the rules. That's okay. Yeah. Make it up. They don't know what you don't know. And yeah. I say they. The players think you know everything. They, yeah. And even I tell them I have brain damage. I yeah. could, there was a rule that's an obvious rule. When you're hiding, you get advantage when you attack somebody. Right. One, an entire episode, I forgot. And <laughs> someone's like, isn't this a thing? And I was like, no, that sounds OP. We're going to not do that today. <laughs> that's okay. As a player, if you're, you know, like, you could spend 10 minutes telling your dungeon master what the actual rules are. Yeah. Or you could just play the game. Just and play and get lost covered. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just keep playing. It's just a game. That's there the is best. winning and losing. Yeah. Unless you, unless you die and then you fail your death save. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the worst. That and was it, one that, thing when I first started playing. I was terrified about dying. I was like, I love my character. I work so hard and the backstory's so great. And I was like, I don't want to lose this character. <laughs> and then it, it took me a little bit. I was like, you know what? But I get to make another one. You make another one. I can get the new one, one and I can fall in love with that new character. But Hit it's the just restart like, button. It was just something about that first one. Like, no, no, he's awesome. Yeah. Because then it's like for one shots, especially like the sacrifice, right? Like, man, I'm all about the sacrifice now. Oh, that's so cool. Just going in and being like, you know what? This has to be done. I'm going to save everybody. Oh, that's the best. I never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're going to die, like, fuck it. My, my death is going to mean something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Last, last question. Cause I have to know what, how is Will Wheaton? He's, he's, I love Star Trek so much. And like I just I would get he's one of those guys I would get starstruck around even though I hated his character, <laughs> you know. But he seems so nice and so. Character. You like Wesley um, Crusher? Bill is so nice. He's so sweet, and I, um, him having me on tabletop twice was so kind of him. He didn't have to, and I know there was a lot of controversy around me, but he was always been very kind and just just the sweetest guy. Just a nice guy who likes nerdy things, and yeah, that's that's it. He's just a nice guy. <laughs> that's the coolest. Yeah, he he has really embraced nerd culture, and he you know him and you know uh, Chris Hardwick are, are some of these bigger celebrities who've really re- I ha- think helped raise nerd culture to what it is today. And then, well, it's all about him just being himself, and right. that that's the whole point of all of it. Is all the people you see on on these shows. They're just being honest about who they are, and they're doing what they love, which is performing 
and being themselves on camera. Absolutely. Or, you know, role-playing other characters. Yeah, being other characters, but which yeah. is also being themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Satine, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you got to go to your awesome, awesome goth club. Um, let us, let our list secret awesome you ruined it man oh no i told everybody um <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let us know where we can find you on the interwebs and um plug what you want to plug um let people know where you can find you oh, this is gonna take like five minutes go okay um it's your time you, you can do it i got nowhere to go i'm at home already <laughs> um yeah so i'm satine phoenix at satine phoenix on all the things you can catch me on Dungeon Mastering, Sirens of the Realms, twitch.tv slash dnd. Um, I'm playing starting March 21st on Mythmaker Society, uh, twitch.tv slash mazearcana. You can go sign up to the Mythmakers Social Club on mazearcana.com. And let's see. Um, GM Tips on Geek and Sundry. I am a cast member on Dread, Sagas of Sundry on projectalpha.com. And I've got some books on Amazon, one on storytelling from the uh, female perspective called The Action Heroine's Journey. Another series of comics is uh, New Praetorians. And I've got a Patreon. I run D&D games. If you guys want to come and play Dungeons and Dragons with me, um, go to patreon.com slash mazearcana. If you want to, I don't know, I teach art on my Patreon. I know it's... uh, like I teach Absolutely. art on my Satin Phoenix Patreon, and also I, I do these like coffee time, like like hour long coffee time where <laughs> I just talk philosophy and life and theology and whatever. Like I'm also writing a book called Mirror into the Maze, so that's kind of like with my Patreon. It's uh, Patreon.com/slash Satin Phoenix. Um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, so like, busy. I don't know how you even play D and D. That sounds incredible. Like I, I would be so sleepy all the time. <laughs> um, I I'm one of those people. It's not ADHD. It's like I have all the energy to do all the things. Yeah, and then I have to sleep for like a weekend. Uh, okay, recharge a little and, bit. Yeah, for like I can go 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 for like two or three weeks, and then I'm just like nobody effing talk to me. I need to just like <laughs> huddle in my corner. <laughs> That's the best. Oh my god. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, check her out, everybody. Uh, and if you buy any of her books, click through our Amazon banner on NerdsWithFriendsPodcast.com. But I do want to ask for new Praetorians. You still mm-hmm. get money for that, right? It's not the Chinese backers. Okay, cool. Well, they, they were very kind, and they're like, okay, whatever you get, that goes to you. Okay, because I would, I would hate that if you so didn't buy get any new, money. buy it new. Buy it new. Don't buy it used. Um, but, yeah, click through NerdsWithFriendsPodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook.com uh, slash NerdsWithFriends. Thank you, Christian, for being my trusty sidekick, as always. Thank you once again. And to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you, and good night.
big V20? Yeah, I got a huge red one that uh, pisses off uh, a lot of DMs. I also have a really heavy... Oh, um, I know. It's the one. For some reason, it's really heavy, and you're, you're like, ka-clong-clong-clong. 